You're listening to episode 20 of the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. I am Munir Lazuzi, a medical device expert specialized on quality and regulatory affairs. My mission is to help you learn how to place a compliant medical device on the market. For that, I'll share with you my experience and the one of others on this podcast. Are you ready for your dose of regulation and standard today? Okay, so let the show begin. Hello everyone, just before to start this new episode of the Medical Device Made Easy podcast, I just wanted to ask you a, a small favor. Can you please go to one of your preferred platforms like iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, just to provide me a review if you like what I'm doing on this uh, on this podcast. It's really important for me because uh, it helps me to rank and also to be discovered by more people. And also, if you want to get notified for any new episodes that are coming, so please don't forget to subscribe on those platforms, also on the YouTube channel, uh, because yeah, then you can get all the information directly. So thank you very much, and I hope you will enjoy this episode. Welcome, EasyMed Nation. So today we are we have a new episode of the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. And instead of talking about uh, regulation and standards, uh, I invited somebody to explain us some new technologies. As I mentioned on a previous podcast uh, on MedTech, uh, MedTech um, Future for 2019, I mentioned one of the items, which is blockchain. Uh, and uh, today I wanted to have somebody to explain to you what is exactly blockchain so that you can really understand it and not be afraid of this word and not say what's exactly that. Uh, and also be able at the end to know if uh, how you can regulate this uh, technology or what are exactly the possibilities of this technology in the future. So I have invited for that uh, Kuram Malik and uh, he will uh, explain us uh, everything. So Kuram, say hello to everybody. Hi everyone. So Kuram, just uh, just for, for all the audience to know you better. So can you introduce yourself and then we can go on the rest of the questions. Yeah, I'm, I'm a business strategist. So that normally incorporates a number of things. Normally, uh, you know, if any, any business that wants to get 10 times bigger than they are already, my job is to help them get all their ducks in a row. So the operations, the strategy, the finance, um, and then that usually requires, um, investment to help them scale further. So I then help them get the investment and, and help them scale the business. But, um, in terms of uh, what we're doing today, uh, the other aspect of that's what is important is obviously that when you're working on business strategies, it's important to understand where you know what the market landscape looks like, and that in this day and age, obviously um, technology is really important. And blockchain is something that's kind of melding technology with business. So my job is usually to explain to you know the leaders of organizations what blockchain means to them uh, in this you know in terms of what's relevant to what we're speaking today. Great. So, uh, can we say you are an expert in blockchain? Uh, I don't think that would be entirely honest if I, if we were to say, I'm, I, I don't think anybody is a real expert on blockchain. It's too new. Uh, but you could say that I'm an expert in explaining, uh, to companies what blockchain is, is and how it might be able to help them, uh, in terms of their business model or, or where they want to go, you know, in the next five to 10 years. So you could say that. But I, I, I'd be wary of anybody that said they were an expert on blockchain right now. Yeah, it's true. And so when a new technology arrives, it's a bit difficult to know everything. Or I mean, yeah. everybody is an expert then. Everybody can be an expert on a new technology. Exactly. Everybody knows about it, if I can say. Okay, um, what else about you? So you are where are you living now? 
I'm in London, UK. Okay. Uh, I've been doing business strategy now for about five years. I had my own IT company about 10, 15 years, well, it was about 20 years ago now. Okay. Uh, and that was a, a computer company. It was, at, it was at the height of the dot-com boom. Um, so I had the, that. I've, I've run a couple of other IT companies since, but I decided to go into consulting. I've helped a lot of startups around the globe. I'm also an author as well. So I did write a book, which was for a, a you know, faith-based community. Um, I'm a huge evangelist for entrepreneurship. I, I'm not a, an expert on the medical device industry. I have to be honest about that. But I, you know, I have to work with multiple industries: so food, restaurants, catering, fashion. Um, my job is just to really help any industry. You know, just go into a business and help any industry, and just help them understand the landscape that they're in, or the technological challenges and stuff. Yeah, and uh, when we talked uh, on the pre-talk uh, of to prepare this podcast. Uh, we mentioned that uh, I, I knew that yeah you are not an expert on medical devices, but yeah there was not a lot of expert on medical devices that were I can say yeah. coming uh, yeah. to explain about blockchain. Uh, but you were uh, you were also preparing some kind of example that we can do for for medical devices. So it's yes. uh, something that we can really look at practical examples where blockchain can help medical devices. Okay, um, just a question uh, that I'm asking usually people. So just to see what are your mentality or how, what exactly you are you are doing on your free time so which book are you recommending people to read um i i would uh, i've actually got, can i mention two is that okay yeah, you can, one that i so a business or a work related book is uh, essential drucker by peter drucker who's this you know management scholar that sadly passed away a few years ago um, I have found that that book is still incredibly relevant today, maybe more relevant than when it was written. And it was written in the 50s. Okay. Uh, it was written for the 50s, but I'm finding that exceedingly uh, relevant even today. Whether you're an employee, uh, a business leader, a manager, um, whatever position you have in an organization, I think you will find that book very, very relevant. So it's mainly for um, management, for leadership. This is that? It, it is mainly for management and leadership, but I think even, even if you are in only an... Uh, an employee position, I think you'll find it still very useful. I think so anyway. Okay. So that's um, uh, where, where, where career or work is concerned. In terms of in, in the personal life, I have to admit, I'm not somebody that has, I've not read fiction for 25 years. Okay. I've not, I, I don't like novels. I don't like anything that is even remotely romantic. But somebody gave me 40 rules of love and it actually blew my mind. I couldn't put it down. It's actually genuinely very, very interesting. I, I genuinely couldn't put it down. I thought it was going to be this really mushy, uh, you know, ch cheeky flicky type of book that's not going to be of any interest to me, but I, I, it, it really drew me in. It was a really powerful book. You remember the author of the book? or Yeah, Elif Shifak. So that's E-L-I-F. She's done a TED Talk as well. Okay. Uh, but the book, the book is phenomenal. It's, okay. it's a, no, I'll put, I'll put, I'll put uh, both books on, on the show notes. Then, uh, then yeah, people will choose if they want to read it or not. If they will see uh, the, the summary, if, if it's interesting for them. So great. Okay. So thank you, Kuran. Okay. So let's move now to the, to the meat of the episode yes. and talk specifically about blockchain. Tell us what is blockchain like we are a 10 year old uh, uh, child. So if you, if you can do that. Okay, so yeah, the blockchain, I mean, it is as the name suggests, it's a series of blocks that are put together in a chain. Um, but what that, what that blockchain, those blocks that come together in a chain are doing is they're serving as a database. So where you would normally have a database inside an office or you would have a database, um, you know, I mean, databases generally don't run on a laptop on its own, but this, it's multiple databases coming together in a chain. 
And where databases are normally private, this thing is public. It's out, this is a database that's out in the public. So when we are talking about database, it's like a, it's like a server where information are stored. Is it that? It's a place where information is stored. It's a place where data is stored. So it's a base for data, basically, as the name suggests. Um, but what the blockchain is doing, uh, databases are normally inside an organization and are operating, you know, behind the uh, closed doors or, or privately, or uh, there's only an interaction that's taking place between the the the, the, the database and, and the and the consumer. But a, a blockchain makes that whole process more public. It's like the difference between having your own driveway in a, in a house to having a highway, which everybody uses, like a central highway. Everybody gets on the highway. Right, so you have a private road, and then you have a highway. Like everybody's on the highway together, yeah. and then you have multiple stops. You have like service stations, and you have petrol stations, and you have you know. So they're the individual blocks, or you have junctions where you get off, you know. And so people kind of navigate that kind of chain. So um, it, it it's a series of blocks uh, on a chain, and the thing there's a few unique things about blockchains. Uh, on the blockchain, generally speaking, when you put data onto a blockchain, it never gets deleted. So it always uh, records uh, a, a, every transaction that takes place or every activity that takes place. It's always available in, in the public domain. It's all recorded. So nothing ever gets deleted. So you have a, uh, a log, you could say, a transactional log of every activity that took place, or everything that happened. So this piece of data that was created, and this happened, then, then this person joined. It's like and a then, journal. It's a journal really. It's a journal, yeah. I mean, the, 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 the more uh, uh, accurate term is actually ledger. So it's a ledger. Uh, it's it's a public ledger of of a series of uh, uh, events that are taking place, and those events that are being recorded can be defi defined by the blockchain provider. Okay, but what is exactly the difference between a, a normal database and and this blockchain in, in uh, that is <coughs> public, if I can say, because we have also some databases that are in public, but they, it's not blockchain. So what is a, a point of difference between them? They have a, uh, the blockchain has a series of rules, like the data is encrypted. Um, it's, uh, you know, like this thing I said about the transactional uh, uh, history. It's, and, and it's, not, um, it's not designed to be, I mean, you can get blockchains that are centrally controlled, but their emphasis is almost always on decentralization. So where um, a database is normally controlled by a single private entity and, and, and they're in control of what happens to that data uh, and, and what's going on with that, the blockchain is, is kind of designed to be a, this public database that everybody's interacting with and everybody kind of has a, is partaking in it, if that makes more sense. Yeah. So um, as you said, um, in normal database, we have one person owning that. Uh, in blockchain, we have many places, if I can say, where we yeah. have this information stored. So the idea is mainly, uh, if I understand well, that we are storing the information, but not at one place. As you mentioned, it's decentralized, so it's stored at many places. Is it yes. the same information stored at many places, or is it a bit of the information uh, stored, distributed on many places? So. I mean, difference differs between because there are different actual blockchain uh, providers, you could say, that are out there. Just like you have different internet service providers, so they all have their own kind of uh, parameters that they've set for the blockchains. But generally speaking, what will happen is the blockchain provider will will create a set of parameters and say, okay, we're going to record identity information. We might record the uh, picture. Um, uh, uh, in this instance, if it's healthcare, for example, they might record medical information. Your patient record, if you have an ID of some of some sort, uh, 
and uh, every time there is an every time there is an event that links to you and you might consider an event to be some sort of uh, healthcare transaction whether you go to a doctor whether you buy some medicine whether you receive some medicine whether you consume medicine when you get medicine delivered all of those would be considered uh, you could create parameters for all of those then what happens is as you get other people that come onto the blockchain you then have interactions that take place around those pieces of data so you can then so then for for example if you if you're the doctor and I'm I'm a consumer because this blockchain is recording the, some of that information that I've said then when I interact with you on the on a medical blockchain for example then um, a third person you know John Doe for example he can see that I came to you for a consultation and then you gave me XYZ medication uh, and I'm now taking that medication and, and I had this XYZ health issue uh, and now I'm at this state with that. So all of that information is publicly available to see. So you can observe in real time what's going on. But when you are saying publicly available, just to not confuse people, so who can see that? Because if people can see my uh, personal information, uh, well, that I went to a doctor, that I've done this and that, there is a risk that, yeah, yes. me, privacy would be altered. So can you explain more of that? Yeah, so this is obviously, this is what's actually really, uh, the people that are starting to understand what blockchain can do, this is what a blockchain can do. This is what the, this is the biggest worry that people have. And this is probably going to be the greatest thing that's going to lim uh, limit the adoption is, is the worry about Big Brother, is the worry about um, having data store being stored somewhere. Um, you know, because we've had so many data scandals, you know, Facebook and, and all these other companies. So there's this worry about data, but where blockchain is attempting to address that, the first thing is that all data in the blockchain has to be encrypted. That's mm -hmm. the number one thing. So the, the you know, databases, are, uh, data, a lot of databases are encrypted, but the blockchain has to be encrypted. That's the very first thing. There is, uh, uh, the, the, the structure of the blockchain is such that the interactions that are taking place, the security comes first. So uh, just in terms of the integrity of the data, the first thing is the, the encryption and making sure that no one uh, entity or no one party can really affect the data of another, right? So it's, it's being built in that way. So that's why you have these blocks and, and, they, and they work in a very particular way. But in terms of, uh, in terms of the, the privacy that you're talking about, uh, if, if I'm uh, uh, on the blockchain, I might expose all of my data to the blockchain in terms of all my medical history and everything. But in terms of the transaction that's taken, in terms of what the people can see in the public, there's, there, there are parameters that are set by the blockchain. So only certain elements are exposed to the public. So in this example that I gave, for example, the only thing that the public might see is that a person went to visit this particular doctor and they were given some medication and they had a health issue and that health issue is now improving. So it might not expose all of that information. So it's like, you know, for example, on Facebook, I can put all my information on Facebook, but, and I can, I can put all my photos on there, but I, I can choose how much of that information I, I choose to expose to everybody, like all my photos or some of my photos. So it kind of works in that way. And, and, and those parameters are dependent on the applications that are sitting on top of the, so you can get people that create applications that sit on top of the blockchain. And then what they do is interact with those blocks and interact with that data to then provide you a service. So we have, we have a database that contains a lot of information that are encrypted. Uh, they are uh, built inside blocks, if I can say, that are yes. one after the other. So it means that uh, there is also a sequence. This in <coughs> yes. one is linked to the third one, is linked to the fourth one. So yeah. it's like there is, as you mentioned, there is a journal, so there is a sequence 
of yes. all the information that uh, are done or actions that are executed. And you are saying that, okay, we have this database, it's encrypted, and then it's mainly the service provider, like you said, Facebook or things that are authorizing some information to be shown or not. Or well, the blockchain is authorizing. The blockchain is authorizing the the blockchain itself is taking the responsibility for the authorization, but you have um, apps that interact with the blockchain to provide a service of some sort. So it's a little bit like the App Store on uh, on an uh, like the Apple App Store. They you know you have your information in, that you have in in your phone. You have your user ID and you have your password and you have all these things that's inside the phone. But the people that uh, develop the apps on the phone, they use information that's on your phone to be able to provide you a service through the app. So, you know, the, the app does something for you, the Facebook app or the FaceTime app, the, all these apps. So the, what, the, but what the app store is doing in this particular example is I, I'm having my, I am having a single linear interaction, a one-to-one -one interaction with the app store. So I download the app and I do things with that app. What the blockchain is doing is making that process more 3D so that I can see uh, you've downloaded the app and you're having an interaction with it, but but the app is only allowed to expose, or the blockchain can only expose what is considered to be uh, non-private information, the information that would be available in the public domain anyway. Okay. Does that make a little bit more sense? Yeah, it's, it's making the process a bit more 3D, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said we are trying really to explain something complex in a simple world and also to provide some examples. Uh, but yeah, I think I think it's uh, it's more uh, secure in terms of security. What I understood, as I said, it's decentralized. So it means that uh, can we hack the system, or how is it working in terms of security? Well, to I mean, to be completely honest and to be completely transparent, any anything that requires anything that uses technology can always be hacked. But uh, the, there are mechanisms that get put in place in with the blockchain, you know, encryption, these kind of things. Uh, token mechanisms and blocks and things so they limit uh there's a lot of learning that's gone in gone into putting blockchains together so they limit um how much uh you know how they, they basically minimize the risk i mean it, the best way to kind of demonstrate this is if you consider um uh, the app store again banks was one of the late uh, you know the, the the one of the um industries that came to the uh came to the app stores last you could say they came very very late i mean you know we've had apps now since what 2009 2010 okay. and banking apps have only started to arrive in the last few years because they were they were incredibly concerned about i mean the the risks are huge right so but on the blockchain you you actually have banks that are jumping on the blockchain very very early they're actually driving the blockchain space very very fast so they they clearly have a lot of uh, trust in, in in this mechanism and so there's a lot of things that have been put in place. So, I mean, they're driving the, the, these industries forward. But uh, can you, judge, as you are talking about bank, uh, so for me, the origin of blockchain or the first time we heard about blockchain was uh, with cryptocurrency. So uh, yeah. can you talk more about that? So the blockchain was actually came along with uh, Bitcoin, which was the original uh, cryptocurrency. And you know they when they released an ex you know they had i don't know i don't remember what the number is but just to simplify let's say they there was a hundred thousand bitcoins that were available then you were able to see uh, that this is how many bitcoins are available and then an, an entity over here you wouldn't necessarily be able to see their name but you'd be able to see an id you said this id mined or purchased this many bitcoins so you could see that transaction on the on the ledger which was on the blockchain you were able to see it you see
Okay. And then um, you, uh, and then if they if they made a, a purchase of you know uh, they bought something, you'd be able to see that these two entities they had an interaction, okay. and you could see there's a transaction that took place. But it doesn't expose who's behind that necessarily, okay. unless the blockchain chooses to expose that information. But now cryptocurrency, that Bitcoin is a token, right? It's a token uh, uh, that is being issued within the um, uh, within the um, uh, within the blockchain. So the blockchains can choose to issue tokens. So you have like Ethereum, uh, which is another cryptocurrency. It's a token that it issues, and then they have certain parameters. Some blockchains, I, I believe, don't even have cryptocurrencies. They just issue tokens, and then you can create your own cryptocurrency on top of it. I mean, you're just issuing tokens, basically. And well, a token is just a unit of measure. Yeah, yeah. it's like uh, when we are talking about uh, euro or Swiss franc yeah. or this kind of thing. So it's mainly mainly. Uh, but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be a cryptocurrency. Um, you know, it can be. It can just be a, like a unit of something. Yeah, yeah. Right? But just issuing tokens. So from there, from the Bitcoin, we arrive now to. We see that this technology can be used in many industries. So. Do you have some other examples of industries than banks maybe that are also using that and for what? So JP Morgan uh, made a, a major announcement that they were, going, they were introducing the blockchain and they're launching their own cryptocurrency so that uh, people will be able to transfer money. Uh, you know, they can convert their dollars or their, or their euros or their pounds into, uh, into cryptocurrency and then they can transfer money uh, across the globe and things because the advantage with cryptocurrency is the money hasn't got to move the way it has to move through the banks. I mean, these are archaic systems. They, they were made, you know, decades ago. And so, you know, when I want to send money from the UK to the US, it, it can be quite, you know, it's got to convert from uh, from pounds into US and then there's exchange rate and there's all these things. But if you have a single cryptocurrency um, and the blockchain is, is, because the blockchain just sits on the internet, so then it's available to the world. So then I can, if I want to pay somebody in the US, uh, let's say JP Morgan launches. I don't know what their cryptocurrency is called, but let's just assume it, it, it was just like a Bitcoin. I can just pay five Bitcoins to somebody in America and that transaction takes place on the blockchain. I don't need all these intermediaries like the banks and you know uh, PayPal and all this kind of stuff. It's just a very straightforward transaction. And so it's secure. Was, and, and, yeah. So what was, if I can say, underground starts to be like mainstream. So we start to have yeah. that with, uh, with, uh, with um, banks that are well-known. Yeah. And we start to uh, before before it was it was mentioned that yeah cryptocurrency is like uh, uh, something that will never be maintained. Uh, people uh, are losing yeah. money by that, and now they are getting more confidence on that. So now even banks are using that. But outside of banks, is there also some other industries that are using that? Yeah. So the the other the the uh, see the what happened with cryptocurrency actually got a really uh, really bad reputation and deservedly so I would say because you know you had all this the Bitcoin price hikes and the Bitcoin's going up and down and then people are launching cryptocurrencies and people are losing the money in their wallet and all this other stuff is taking place. But where blockchain has become really interesting is, is something called smart contracts. And what happens with a smart contract is that the blockchain almost becomes, uh, it becomes a broker uh, in that transaction, right? So um, where normally, uh, you know, if, 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 if I buy something from you um, and, you know, like if, if I buy something on eBay, uh, you know, I, I buy something and then the item gets delivered to me. Um, if if I have a problem with the item, there's it, it, it's very difficult to prove whether I received the item, okay. and it's very difficult for the seller to know what, you know where the fraud is in the, in that where that fraud in that transaction is taking place. But with smart contracts, what happens is everything is verified. So the the asset that is being sent to me. So let's say I'm buying a laptop. 
you would take a picture of the laptop, you'd have all the specs and everything on the laptop, and that, that asset would get registered on the blockchain. So it's all verified, okay? And then when I buy that from you, I enter into a contract with you on the blockchain. It's a smart contract that I'm entering. And so that when, when that person ships that item, and then I receive it, you can, you can, you can see the chain of that whole uh, transaction that's taking place. You can see everything that's happening. And so, I, and so if, if there's some fraud, fraud that's taking place, either you know, some foul play either on your side or on, on, or on my part, it's all available to see within, the, uh, within the, that public domain. You can see everything that's taking place. So it's very transparent. So with that, it, it minimizes the chance of fraud taking place. So that then creates a lot of acceleration, uh, a huge amount of acceleration, because then I'm not waiting for uh, eBay or Amazon or Uber or any of these big platform providers I'm not waiting for them to be the, the trust broker in this process because otherwise, normally, after enter into a dispute, you know, if I buy something with you on eBay, I've then got eBay then has to be the mediator, right? So then eBay then has to verify did I receive the item, uh, and then make an assessment, and then after did you deliver? Did you send the item to me? And then they make a decision. So both of us are at the women mercy of eBay, whereas so with the blockchain. The blockchain takes out the middleman because it, all all okay. that information is the blockchain becomes the middleman, but it's but it's run run by a machine, so there's no there's no foul play there. There's no human error or human judgment taking place. Okay, so as you said, it it it, it takes the the place of the middleman. So it's like uh, a, a a computer that we can trust uh, because of yeah. the security that we have. So and everybody is connecting to that. So um, Amazon or eBay connecting to that. The transporter is connecting to that. The yeah. customer is connecting to that. So all the information is stored inside, and we cannot manipulate this information uh, because, as we said, we have a block. So it means that from one, one is linked to the other. So we cannot manipulate without uh, seeing that. Uh, so yeah, it's, it looks really uh, interesting in terms also of contracts. In so terms the, the of point about sorry, the, just the, I just want to elaborate a little bit on the point about the trust broker. So the the advantage where the trust broker uh, is a, is a massive advantage if you have a decentralized blockchain is that if I was a taxi uh, driver, for example, what I have to do is that I have to register with Uber to okay. be to say I want to uh, be a taxi driver because nobody's going to see me driving on the street and say, oh, okay, I'm happy to jump in the car with you. Take me to XYZ place because it's just too dangerous for that to happen. Mm -hmm. There's no trust element there. So Uber, Uber then becomes the trust provider in that instant. So I then can go on Uber. I can see the reviews and I can see um, uh, that you know that that Uber is uh, that uh, this guy, this driver has good reviews and everything, and and all that takes place. But with the blockchain, because uh, the middleman is getting taken out, me as a taxi driver, I'm not then at Uber's mercy. So then I can I can start you know then if Uber starts being tyrannical with me starts raising uh, taking more commission from me or uh, uh, throws me off their system for some for some uh, inane silly reason or whatever I'm not I, they, they they can't exactly wield that tyranny over me so I can have a direct one to one transaction with the with with the consumer so that benefits me as a as a small uh, player or a small provider. But it also benefits the consumer because the, you know that's going to lower prices. It's going to lower the friction. It's going to. It's going to. I mean, it's friction that it lowers. Okay. And sometimes that translates as prices, but it can translate as time. You know, all sorts of things. So, in terms of the medical industry or any other industry, what it, what it's likely to do is it's actually it, it has the potential to break the stronghold of the monopolies or, or the big corporations where the small player can come in and 
accelerate uh, the, the advance of the pace of technology. So if when you're where, where we are in the medical industry right now, if, if, there's a, if there is a medical device that could come to, uh, to, uh, to the market much, much quicker, but you know, those people are waiting for a corporate player to assess the technology, make a decision about it, uh, run the trials, do all these things, that could take a, that could take three years, five years, seven years, could take a very long time. But the, and they might not have that medical provider might not have the resource, the capital to make the investment into the marketing and the sales and all those kind of things to get that device out there into the public. But because of the blockchain, because this this big corporate player, whoever that is, because they're no longer a, mid, a middleman, the medical the small medical device player can now have a, a conversation direct with the public with the marketplace, so to speak, and therefore can bring that device to the market much, much faster without as much friction. Does that so make sense? You mean, you mean there is, uh, <laughs> when you are talking specifically about this, so for example, uh, let's talk, as you mentioned, about small companies. Um, where, where <coughs> what information can, for example, be provided to a blockchain? I mean, let's, let's start again. So who will be, creating this blockchain that we are talking about as a, as a middleman? Well, blockchains at the moment are being created by any corporation or entity that has a huge amount of funds. So uh, uh, large corporations, JP Morgan, uh, Goldman Sachs, these kind of companies in the medical device industry, I, I haven't heard uh, a big corporation work on it, uh, working on it just yet, but I would assume somebody like General Electric, GE would probably be taking this quite seriously because it, because whoever uh, creates a blockchain uh, creates the blockchain, they're at a first mover advantage. I mean, generally, and there's always this thing about you know first to market, first to mine. It, it's not actually that true generally in the industry, but in in a situation like this, it can actually prove to be uh, advantageous because you know once you get everybody on your platform, then then you you know you're in control of that platform. But if it's completely decentralized, then then at that stage it doesn't really matter. But Somebody has to come along and, uh, and invest a large amount of money for the long game to create a blockchain because creating a blockchain is not cheap. It's very expensive because it's a public database. It's encrypted. Um, you have to have um, what we call notarization. You know, if, if I register myself on the blockchain, somebody has to be able to notarize my identity. And that generally can only be done by the state, you know, by the government or by the state. So it requires a lot of, um, uh, you know, it requires a lot of interaction with authority, authoritative entities. Right, so it, it it it's something that will be done by very big uh, organizations. It's not going to be a small player that's going to create the blockchain, but a so, small player could create apps for the blockchain. So we can have, for example, uh, a player, a big player that is deciding to create a blockchain, but this blockchain can then it can propose this blockchain as a service to be used by a lot of other companies. So a lot yes, companies can connect to it, uh, register information there. Uh, we, as you mentioned, without being um, uh, being connected with a, a big company or any other uh, big player, uh, they can all connect to the same blockchain to uh, to, uh, to 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 register informations there. Uh, can we talk about, for example, as you mentioned about government score? Uh, as as we have now currently the medical device industry, uh, they are trying to build like a database called Udamed. Uh, where uh, all the manufacturers will uh, register their products there. Uh, the governments will see which products are, are registered. The notified bodies will also have a look at uh, some documents that should be uh, inside. I mean, there will be a lot of players that will be connected to this uh, database, which uh, we call Udamed. So do you think 
this is kind of a model that we where we can use blockchain yeah definitely i think i think that's where it's going to go um because you know if you have a uh a, a healthcare provider you know they need to be able to find uh, manufacturers very very quickly they need to know we need this equipment in uh, to be able to provide our services you know what equipment is good what has passed all the trials what's passed all the tests what what is really good normally what you do is you 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 then put a call out and you speak to a few people and then you they come in and you make assessments and all this kind of stuff that thing takes a lot of time and obviously in that time your healthcare provision could be suffering but in in when you've got a public database and you have all this verification and the trust brokerage and all this thing in place then then it, it becomes really really fast you know it's like where when you used to use the yellow pages to go to find somebody to to you know like you want to uh, fix your um uh, sink or something you know because it's leaking you go through the yellow pages and you try and ring some you try and find make a few phone calls you try and find somebody who can help you um to fix the to fix your sink but you don't know who's good and who's not but then Google came along and created a you know uh, listings and then they had reviews and then it became a little bit easier to make a quick you know you could make a quick call and, and make a decision but that hasn't worked very well in a, in a business to business space right in a b2b space but but with the blockchain because there, there are regulatory requirements all of that information you know you need clinical trial assessment information you need regulatory uh, uh, compliance information there's all this other stuff that you need but you can throw all of that into the blockchain and then so the the decision making the decision making can be data driven and it can be very very fast it takes a lot of friction out of the process which means the the, the industry benefits as a whole okay and um, I, I i was also imagining so um we have a lot of connections also between uh, industries and uh, some uh, manufacturers or some suppliers. And we, as you mentioned, we have also the smart contracts. So we can also see this model between uh, business yeah. to business to create contracts and to be sure that the contracts is, uh, is signed and uh, is, is um, yeah, it's, it's, if I can see it exists. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it will become a much faster process because you don't necessarily have to have, uh, you know, normally when a contract is being signed, you've got to go to a lawyer and then it, it, there's a whole review process and then it gets signed and then, what you can do is you can uh, i mean like the way that i work with my clients for example i have a set of agreements you know the objectives and then you have deliverables and there's all these things that you have to do right but that that those parameters of, of what a, a consulting engagement entails those parameters can be part of the blockchain and the blockchain the computer the blockchain is managing that contract for you that's why it's a smart contract so it takes a lawyer out of the process you'd still need lawyers to put the to put the contract template together as in the parameters of that of, of that smart contract, but then after that, it's it's uh, you know they don't need to be involved at every stage of the process. So we have uh, we have we are mainly talking about databases. So it means that we are storing information there, information that is secured, uh, that we can, uh, if I can say, trust because of all the encryption yeah. and everything uh, that can be public and that we can um, within the parameters of the blockchain we can see. Uh, some some aspects or some some information or not um, this can be also maybe interesting in terms of public health uh, where we are uh, if all the manufacturers or all the, the hospitals are putting information about some devices inside the blockchain we can maybe get some statistics about the devices without knowing or without uh, without seeing the patients or without seeing the manufacturers or without seeing the thing is just to see for example how many patients do have 
um, uh, a hip surgery or how many patients uh, yeah. had this kind of disease, etc. And uh, how many after putting a medical device were a bit better or etc. etc. So this is also information. As soon as I, I call it the, the we call we, we did call that I think before the the big data or something like that where we had the yeah. big database I mean, information. The thing is, the, the possibilities are endless of what you could do with this. It, it's, it's like trying to get somebody to predict how the internet was going to change the world before the internet came along. Some things were quite obvious that people will, will be able to buy and sell online, um, that people will, will send emails to each other, people might be able to make phone calls across the world. But what wasn't uh, obvious was the advent of YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. This, the social media landscape that came along was nobody could, I don't think anybody could have imagined that that was going to happen. And then all of the advantages and disadvantages that brought with it. And that's where we are with blockchain right now. But some of the things that, that you know, we're able to foresee right now is that you know, uh, uh, the, the, the information that is being collected on you know, cancer rates in the, in, in the industry, uh, in, the, in, in, um, in the society or in the country, or um, uh, you know, certain diseases and things, um, that data is being manually collected or it's, being, it's disparate, it's in lots of places. But when it's all in one place on the blockchain, then you can, you know, if a medical device created rather than them taking a guess at what the market, uh, you know, it's, it's a, like an intuitive guess at, as to what the market requires and, and where it's going to be of most uh, impact. They can look at the data and know exactly what the market requires because the data is all available. So you can grab that data and you can analyze it, right? So you can use big data techniques. I mean, big data is basically just, it's just data. It's just a lot of data that you then analyze. But you can analyze it and, and, and summarize and you can see, okay, 25% of, of, uh, of, of, the, of, the, of this country has cancer and most of them are getting cancer at between uh, 27 and 35 years of age, God forbid, but just for argument's sake. Yeah. Uh, but then you can, you can say, oh, let, let's create something. Let's either contact all those people before they get to 27 and bring them in for a checkup before they get to 27 because we know this is happening. Which I mean, you can't do that. You can't preempt that at the moment in this day and age. It can't be preempted in the same way. Um, or you could say, okay, let's create something that 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 deals with that uh, onset of cancer before they get to twenty-seven. I mean, I mean, this is uh, I know the obviously yeah, we have a lot of possibilities, and we can imagine yeah. a lot of scenarios uh, for yeah. companies to do that. Uh, as you said, also it costs a lot of money. So for now, I think it's only big players that can really uh, yeah. can really create that. Um, but the, the big players can create the blockchain, but they, the, they, just like you have the app store, you can create an app on the app store that will be made available to everybody. So you yes. can be a small player and create an app on the app store that can then provide a particular, just the way an app provides a service on the app store. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I think we had, uh, we saw the big picture of it. So we have now more to dig uh, on the possibilities for people. So um, from your side, Kuram, so what can you do for people to help them or for concern this, on this area? So um, if you have uh, an organization at the moment, um, either if it's a healthcare provider or a medical device provider, if they want somebody to come in and say, okay, uh, you know, if they've got a set of funds, okay, we, we want to be able to, if they have a series of challenges, we want to be able to solve these challenges, then I, I can basically go in and say, okay, these challenges can be solved on the blockchain. I can tell them, uh, you, you know, the introduction of the blockchain, there's an, I can help them do an evaluation or a feasibility that, yes, these problems can be solved by the blockchain and help them figure out how they can use technology to accelerate being able to solve those challenges, basically. 
So, I mean, that, that's basically how I work, um, you know, on a, on a case-to-case basis, really. Good. So you can really um, f- go with those companies and help them to define their strategy, uh, as, you, as you said, and, yeah. to, uh, and to help them to move forward with this new technology. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's something where, where we don't see really uh, at the end how, where it will go. But, uh, yeah, I think we have already... But I, I can definitely help them just, uh, uh, you know, set, just orient themselves yeah. and just position themselves correctly so that they're ready for when the, that, those technological changes take place, basically. Yeah. I mean, that's the most you can do at the moment. Okay. So, Kuran, so where can people follow you? Uh, I think the best, best thing at the moment is still LinkedIn for now. So if people want to ask me any questions, I'm more than happy to answer questions. If the people want to inbox me directly, uh, if they have a few questions or they have something that they want to run by me, I'm, I'm happy to answer. Uh, I'm happy to respond to uh, inbox questions all day long. Or if they want to comment on this video, I'll, be, I'll, I'll, I'll obviously keep an eye on it and I can, I can respond to things. I'm sure there'll be more questions that people will have. Yeah. And I'll do my best to respond. But, but LinkedIn for now is probably the best way to connect. I do have my obviously company website, which is stratagem.io, if people want to have a look at some of the services. But LinkedIn um, is, is the easiest way to get hold of me. Good. I will put every, every link uh, on the show notes so that people can go directly and, and check for, for that. Okay, Gura. Okay. So thank you very much. And uh, yeah, I hope uh, that uh, people will really uh, move forward on this uh, blockchain topic. Uh, to learn more about it, maybe not to uh, create one, but just to know exactly what are the possibilities and to see yeah. something that can help them in, uh, on their business. Okay, Kora, so thank you very much. And, You're welcome. Uh, yeah, I wish you really a nice day. Okay, au revoir. Thank you, au revoir. <laughs>